worth of plastic enters the ocean every minute of every day. Didn't know if you knew that. A garbage truck worth of plastic. All told, humanity dumped up to 14 million tons of plastic into the seas within the last 10 years. And bits of it can be found from the water surface all the way down to the most deepest depths. You wouldn't know it by looking over the side of a ship or standing on the shore and looking out into the ocean. Because most of it, a lot of it, the waste is being broken down by waves and ultraviolet light into microplastics. But when researchers in 2005 analyzed more than a million pieces of trash in the Pacific, 99% of it was plastic. 99%. And they estimate by 2050, according to the World Economic Forum, there will be more plastic by weight in the ocean than there will be fish. To me, that's nuts. But you might be saying, why do you tell us this, Dan? (laughs) I tell you this because we are commanded to take care of what God has given us. This isn't a political issue. It isn't a conservative versus liberal issue. This is a biblical mandate that we have from God to take care of what he's given us. To be stewards of what God has given us. I tell you this because today we wrap up our series of what we believe talking about stewardship. Stewardship. Stewardship is something that we must take hold of. We must understand it. And we must practice it. And not just stewardship, but good stewardship. Good stewardship. There's there's poor stewardship, and we'll look at that a little bit. Putting plastic in the ocean is an example of poor stewardship. This isn't a generational issue either. We like to think, well, the, the young people care more about the planet than the older people do, and that's a shame because it should be all of us should care about what we have and what God has given us to be stewards over. Now, this isn't a sermon about recycling, reusing. This is a sermon about stewardship. In all aspects of stewardship, of what God has given us. So this morning, I pray that we leave this place with a renewed or even a new understanding of God's expectation for us and what he's given to us. Because when you read scripture, there's an extreme importance God places on how we take care of the things he's given us. So let's decide today to give God glory through our stewardship. Would you pray with me? Father, I ask that as we go through this last message of this series, that you would speak deeply to our hearts. Because, Father, how we handle things, how we take care of things that you've given us truly matters. So I pray, God, that your truth would be revealed and that your truth would not just be heard, but followed and obeyed. We thank you so much for choosing 
to use us. And for that, we are grateful. We thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for our sin. That if we believe in you, we would have eternal life. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. It's your name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. It's a short passage, but within this one verse is such a critical message. In this one verse, if we can't get this figured out and right, it will affect all that we do. In this one verse says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. It's an important passage because the sooner that we understand this passage, the sooner we can truly understand what it means to be good stewards of what God has given us. The earth is whose? The Lord's. And the fullness thereof, meaning all that is in the earth, including those who dwell therein. That means you and I. Animals plants. So how we react to one another totally affects how we view stewardship. How we treat the earth reflects how we view what God has given us to be managers of. Oftentimes when you hear the word stewardship, our minds immediately go to money. Or tithing. But that's just one area of stewardship. That's one aspect that we'll talk about today. The dictionary, the Bible dictionary, says this about stewardship it's the careful use, control, and management of the possessions of another that have been entrusted to one. So if you're a manager in a in a business or a a place of employment, and you're a manager, you are given stewardship over that place and its people while you're on shift. So it's an easy way of understanding what stewardship is. So how you handle the, the place, how you treat the customers, how you treat your employees, is all a reflection of the stewardship given to you by your boss. So when you think of stewardship in the in the faith sense in our in our christian faith who's the boss god and he's given us all that we have to be good stewards managers of so when we get right down to her to it stewardship is really about the owner It's about the owner. And this is where we get into some problems within the church today about who really owns what. As we read in our passage, the 
owner of all things is God. The owner of all things is God. The money you have, the home you have, the material possessions you have, the time you have, it's all God's. It's all His. Given to you on loan, if you will, to be used for His glory. Not for our own selfishness or ambitions or desires, but for His glory and His glory alone. It's all His. The primary trouble people have with stewardship comes down to who they view as the owner. Who is the owner of this? Many would claim themselves as owner, and we see it in our culture and our church culture as well. However, but one, when a person views themselves as the owner, stewardship suffers. What you do with what you own, quote-unquote, suffers. We naturally will become selfish with all that we have. We will pick and choose who is deserving of our help because, after all, it's ours. It's mine, and I worked hard for that. We will then become concerned with only ourselves. Bad stewardship leads to selfishness every single time. It becomes ours. We will have that concern of only our things and our needs rather than that of others. But most importantly, when we practice bad stewardship, we remove glory meant to be given to God and to God alone. Just look at how important God places stewardship when you look at the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. And you tell me that God doesn't place a high emphasis on being good stewards of what you're given. I believe we will be held accountable when we are face-to-face with Jesus at the end of the days of how we've used and managed the things God has given us. We will have to stand before the creator of the heavens and the earth and say why we did what we did. In order to practice good stewardship correctly, we must come to an understanding of who the owner is. God owns everything. It's all God's. So maybe if we put that on our mirror every morning when we wake up, we go to the bathroom and we look in the mirror and on the mirror it says, it's all God's. Maybe that would change our attitude and the way we treat things and people and other objects. Maybe if we looked at another broken person, we realize that that is a God-given person, a person made in the image of God, that that person deserves to be loved because God loves us. Instead of tearing people down and hurting them. 
Maybe instead of picking on people and picking at people and finding fault in people, what if we love them? Because I think that's what good stewardship would do to love others. When we can resolve that in our lives, that God is in control of all things and it's all His, then we can become the stewards that God is asking us to be. And only then. So the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in there, therein. We have to understand that passage. It's not ours, it's His. We believe that God is the owner of all things and we are called to be stewards of all that He owns. With that in mind, I want to look at a three areas of stewardship. Now, these three areas of stewardship have to do with how we live this life every day. And that includes pollution, that includes financial, that includes um, the way we treat others. All, all of this is encompassed in these three areas of stewardship. The first is our time. Our time. I love what Charles Spurgeon said of time. He says, serve God by doing common actions in a heavenly spirit. And then, if your daily calling only leaves you cracks and crevices of time, fill them up with holy service. Charles Spurgeon believed all your time should be devoted to bringing glory to God and all that you do. Time is something of a precious commodity in our culture, to mankind in general. We say things all the time, like from the beginning of time, or, or you know, we refer to, to when did time begin? Because it controls us. On Sunday mornings, I'm walking around the house telling our kids, hurry up, we're running out of time. Or on morning school days, hurry up, get to the car, we're running out of it's ingrained, isn't it? It's ingrained because it's given to us as a gift. It's a gift. The fact that you're breathing right now is a gift of time. So how are you going to use that breath? See, that's what it comes down to. What's the stewardship of the time that you've, give, you've been given? We hear and say things like, I don't have the time, or I just lost track of time. But what does time really come down to? It comes down to stewardship. How well do you use or manage the time that is given to you by God? How do you manage the time given to you by God? In the course of my 20 years of ministry, I've heard of all the excuses in the book that you could think of, of why people don't read their Bibles, why people don't pray, but the biggest one that I hear, hands down, is I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. But that's a sad thing because all that does is speak to the stewardship of the time you do get. So what that says is you're not using your time correctly. Because there's always time. 
to read, to pray. It matters if you want to. It matters as if you will make the time and make it a priority. For some people, a Sunday morning service once a week or once a month is plenty time given to God. In fact, in our culture right now, regular church attendance, and I'm not lying, is considered, if you're a regular church attender, you're there at least once a month. That's regular church attendance in our culture right now. When I was first in ministry, it was like three times a month. That was a regular church attender. What it should be is that you're there every week. That means you're a regular church attender. But we take our time, our gift given to us, and we squander it for our own desires and wants. So you can say, Dan, I just don't have the time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. And I will tell you and ask you, how are you using your time? How long is the TV on? How long are you at the computer? How long are you on your phone? How long are you playing video games? How long are you fill in the blank? And you will find there is time for the Lord. You just have to give it to him. It comes down to stewardship. Now, part of stewardship of time is that time with Jesus. But it's also time prioritized with your spouse and your children, with your family. It's time for your work and your play and those things that you enjoy in life. And this time spent with others and, and with your children and your wife and your work, all that can get overwhelming and get really crazy. We're inundated with people wanting more of your time. Do you have time to help me? Do you have time to talk? Do you have time? For, and it's just like, it can get overwhelming. But it matters of how we are stewarding that. And here's the truth. All time is God's and is given to us to be stewards of. All time is God's. Every morning when I wake up, I immediately thank God for waking up. I had a friend about eight years ago in Nebraska. Was reading with his wife before they went to sleep. Prayed together. Talked about their day. 36 and 38 were their ages. She didn't wake up. She didn't wake up. And that hit me of how much I take for granted waking up every morning. And I'm discovering the older I get, the harder it is to wake up without my back hurting or my hips hurting or my knees hurting. But every day is a blessing. Every day with your loved one that wakes up next to you is a blessing. Some people don't have that. So we need to learn to take the time that we have and steward that time for God's glory. And I remember my friend saying, the thing he was at peace with is that before they went to sleep, 
they prayed and they read scripture together. And that was his last memory of his life here on earth. What a, what a beautiful memory. We got to make time. It's all God's. If it's God's and we believe that, then it should change everything. It should change how we look at each other. How we treat one another, how we speak to each other. On May 30th, 1968, I think, my stepdad was 11 years old. He got an act, he got in a, in a um, argument with his mom before he went to school. He said, Mom, I hate you. I hope you die. And he left for school. After school, they were having a play. And his mother was running late, so she got in the car and she tried to beat a train. This is true, folks. And she died. The last words my stepdad said to his mom was, I hate you, I hope you die. And to this day, he tries to help us kids understand, you got to hold on and say the things to the people around you that are uplifting and good. Because you've been given that time with them for a reason. And before my mom passed away, I was able to make peace with her. And so when she left this world, she left this world, and we were good. We were good. She was good with my kids. She was good with her other grandkids. She left peacefully. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful God gave me the time with her to reconcile, to forgive. But we're all not guaranteed that. So what do we do with the time that we have? In our day, there must be time for God, there must be time for family, for work, for play, for rest. It's having an understanding that in all we do, we do it for the glory of the Lord. Here's what Paul says in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In all you do, if you work at McDonald's, if you clean toilets, if you do whatever, in all you do, do it for the glory of Jesus Christ. Do all that you do in the name of Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. We look at our talents. Our talents. As we look at our talents, we, we realize that God has blessed us all. Earlier this series, we looked at um, the spiritual gifts God gives us. We looked at the things that God blesses us with to be used for his glory. These gifts are meant to be used for his glory. They're meant to serve others. So each of us has a talent to be used for him. All of us do. There's not one person in this room or online that can say, I really don't have any talents. You all have a gift given. 
if you're a child of God. You've been given that gift. This talent isn't just for the use in the church, although we should be using it for that way, but it's also to be used in our everyday lives. To be used for His glory in all that we do, not just as we're in the church building, but when we're at home, when we're with our friends, when we're at our jobs. These talents need to be used. As we work, spend time with loved ones, enjoy time of leisure even, we need to glorify Him with our talents. So the question I have is, what are you doing with the talent that has been given to you? Are you using those talents as a good steward? Because they're a gift from God. If you have a talent in music, are you using it for Jesus? Are you using it to bring glory for others, or, or glory for God and, 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 and uh, joy to others? Are you using your gift of music to worship the Creator? If you're a creative person, are you using it for Jesus? Now, now God has gifted me with, in a few areas, but creativity is not one of them. Uh, you could put a, all the craft supplies in front of me and say, okay, Dan, go at it, and I'm going to stare at it for hours. But if you put craft supplies in front of my kids or my wife, I mean, there's a beautiful creation within 20, 30 minutes. And I don't know how they got that from all this stuff over here. Creativity is just not my cup of tea. But I know very creative people who use their gifts for the Lord. I think of artists, I think of, of musicians or uh, songwriters, and I think of all this type of stuff that, that you know, I, I love the fact that God has gifted me as a musician, but I can't write a song to save my life. So I, I look at songwriters and say, man, that's a way better talent than even being able to play an instrument. It's hard to speak emotion and things like that through, through your writing. If you're good with building and constructing things, are you using that for the glory of God? Maybe if you, if you know anybody or if you are yourself a carpenter or, or a contractor, uh, I had a friend who's, um, who was a contractor and his wife would complain all the time, everybody else's houses look nice, but mine's still waiting on projects. <laughs> if you've been given the gift of building, bless your wife with that. Bless your husband with that. Use it for the glory of God. Bless the church with that. Bless a neighbor with the gifts you've been given. Talent is given to all of us to be stewarded for God's purposes. So how can you show Jesus to someone else by using your talents? And lastly, our resources. Our resources. What are resources? When I think of resources, I immediately go to material possessions, money, homes, tools, vehicles, books, toys, so on. Sadly, this is the part of stewardship that many pastors begin to apologize for talking about. <laughs> many pastors that I know apologize for talking about money because they don't want to, they don't want to offend someone. They don't want to, they don't want to uh, cause somebody to get mad and stop giving which is unbiblical, by the way. They apologize for talking too much about using their resources. 
Why? It's commanded. So no, I make no apologies for ever, ever talking about the stewardship of your finances. It's commanded. In fact, Christian financial expert Howard Dayton says this, the Bible contains 2,350 verses on money. So money is a large topic of Scripture. Why? Because it has to do with the heart of the person who has that money. Because our whole faith is a heart condition. It's not about how much you do. It's about the glory being given from what you're doing. You either glorify yourself or you glorify God. And when you glorify yourself, you end up glorifying Satan indirectly. That's what happens. It's pretty important to talk about. Our resources can be of great help to many. By the use of our resources, we can affect people's lives in ways that we will never fully understand. We saw this played out in Acts chapter 2, verse 45, when it says, And they were selling their possessions. <laughs> Read that again. They were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This is a true picture of understanding that all that you have is not yours, but it's God's. I have a large book collection, thousands. And there are books that I loan out that I never see again. And sometimes that hurts because <laughs> some of those books are really precious. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, the information in that book, maybe that will help somebody. And although those things are hard to let go of, whether it's your favorite fly rod that gets loaned out and broken, not speaking from personal experience there, or your lures that get lost in the river because you're teaching youth group kids how to fish for smallmouth bass. They're not mine. They're his. And to see the joy in a kid's eyes when he catches his first fish, to know that they're being used for joy, they're not mine. My wife and I decided a long time ago when we got married that all that we own, if somebody needs it and we have it, it's yours. We don't loan money. We gift it. If we have it and you need it, it's yours. I'm not expecting it back. That's just the way we live. Because we have to remind ourselves all that we've been given is a blessing, is a gift. This is what church is supposed to be. This is, what, this is what church is supposed to be. Good stewardship of our resources. Are you afraid to loan things out? Are you afraid that you don't have enough money in the checking account at the end of the month so you decide not to give? Don't be. God is a God of provision. And he's greater than our fear. Besides, it's not yours anyway. It's his. 
So we must come to, un- to understand and believe that a Christian should live a sacrificial life. Not to be driven by the pursuit of material things or more or more or more. But it doesn't mean that we can't have nice things either. God doesn't expect you to be poor. All he expects is that those things do not have a hold on your heart. So I believe that God will bless Christians now and in the life to come for the good works and stewardship here on earth. He won't save them because of those things. We're saved by his grace and only by his grace. Praise the Lord for that. But he will bless us right here on earth and into the life to come based off the stewardship of the things God has given us. How we use our gifts, our time, our talents, our resources, how we take care of the home God has given to us speaks volumes about our trust and worship of God. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is is free. God blesses his children back for their good use of the stewardship of the things he's given us. And Jeremiah 17, 10 reminds us, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. That's not our job, is it? That's the Lord's job. He searches the heart and tests the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God takes care of his children. Everything is God's, and therefore we are stewards of it all. Understanding this, church, will change the way we use our time, our talents, and our resources. So I challenge you today to develop a heart of stewardship. Develop a heart to bring glory to God in all that you've been given. So what can you do to practice good stewardship today? And will you do it? Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for choosing to give us good things. To be used for your honor and your glory. God, we know that through you, The gifts that we have are meant to bless us and to bless others. Help us to resolve today within our hearts to do that. I thank you for this series we've gone through just talking about the things that we believe. And Lord, I pray that none of this, none of this has fallen on deaf deaf ears or hearts. But Lord, that we would always, always, be willing to do your will in all things. Help us, Lord, as we enter into our time of invitation to make a decision. Either the place you, as God and Savior of our life, Jesus, or whether it's to renew our faith in you, whatever it is, may this be a time of glory and honor to you. It's your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.